Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Or you can uh, tweet me, too, at Rob Port. Good afternoon, Natil. How are you? Good. It's it's chilly here today. It is. Colder than I was hoping it would be. Those darn winds. I mean, it's above zero, but you get a little bit of breeze in February, and suddenly yeah. there's icicles coming out your nose. We, um, we, we shouldn't have been surprised, I guess, that we weren't going to get 35 degrees until spring. We can hope. <laughs> hope killer. Can hope. hope killer over here. You can hope in one hand and spit in the other and see which one gets full first. All right. That is a phrase I've never heard. You've never heard that? That's an old, that's, yeah. (laughs) That's a a term, and and a lot of times spit is, is, uh, they use another word. I'm sure it could be substituted with other words. Yeah. I heard that one from my grandma. (laughs) It seems like, believe it or not, my grandma, who was a feisty uh, old lady, who was just fantastic and was full of great sayings like that. I, I, I love those old sayings. And I, I like I also like to know the, the meaning of, of uh, old sayings. I think earlier this week I was using the term uh, beyond the pale. We were talking with, with Sally Yates and, and the stuff that she did with at the attorney general's office where she tried to defy Trump and got fired, rightfully so. But I, in, I was describing her actions as beyond the pale. Do you know where that comes from, Natil? I'm not sure, honestly. It's a weird term, right? I mean, what is what is what is pale? the pale? Like, what like, is what the is, pale? Well, the, the pale was actually British occupied Ireland. Oh, what happened was is 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 the the, the British government set up an occupied area in Ireland, and in that area, it was essentially you know Anglican dominance, right? The Catholic practice of of Catholic uh, teachings was was banned. It was all Church of England. And so the, the the term came to mean beyond the pale meant something that was like barbaric, right? That that was like the the, the Celts um, and stuff like that. Like like within the pale, it was all what the British thought of as civilized society, right? They they couldn't speak Gaelic, they couldn't practice practice Catholicism. Um, Irish songs were 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 banished, you know. So, so so for the British, if you said that something was beyond the pale. You said that something was was like those barbaric Ar- Irishmen, right? Outside of the bounds of civilized society. That's how it originally came to meaning. So I guess, I guess when we use it today, what we're doing is is sort of referencing the brutal oppression of Ireland by the British, which lasted the course of centuries. So anyway, that's where the term comes from. Language is a magnificent thing, isn't it? It's etymology is is something I could just spend hours on I, I love to know where idioms come from and, and why we say things a certain way but that's yeah you hear people say it a lot beyond the pale i don't think pe- and a lot of people have any idea the history behind it and it's it's a lot okay well that uh divergence over or diversion over i guess uh call in if you'd like 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 i just had a press release uh land in my inbox from governor doug burgum's administration and he was down, you know, yesterday we had more arrests out at the pipeline site. Uh, we had, including, by the way, former U.S. House candidate uh, for the Democrats, Chase Ironize, uh, who has been on this program. He was arrested yesterday. Not clear, not clear yet what the charges are, but I'm guessing some, you know, 
resisting arrest or something like that. I mean, that's what they were basically they were on private property. They were refusing to, to leave private property. Law enforcement attempted to negotiate with them and to ask them to leave. They refused to leave. So they all got arrested. So it's going to be a charge in that vein. Um, some, I, I think the number was 76 arrested was the number I saw for Morton County. That brings the total arrested from uh, since August to 696. While that was going on, our governor, Doug Burgum was actually down in Cannonball meeting with residents there who are frankly a little sick and tired of the protests. Uh, I'm, I'm reading from his, uh, his press release here. Uh, I quote, residents shared their concerns about the impacts of the ongoing Dakota Access Pipeline protests, explaining how they hosted people from all over the world, but now their resources are stretched thin. They feel less safe, and relationships with neighbors have become frayed. They also stressed the inconvenience, health concerns, and economic hardship related to the closure of Highway 1806 between Cannonball and Bismarck Mandan and their strong desire to see the Backwater Bridge reopened. Um, which, which, by the way, speaking of which, the bridge was reopened yesterday for for a short a short amount of time uh, because of negotiations between Governor Burgum and the Standing Rock Tribe. They had reached an accord where the camps were being cleaned up, uh, people are being emptied out. The tribes taken a position saying basically no more activists. You know the, the time for the camp protests is over. Uh, and in response to that, on the state side of things. They had taken down the barricades. the The bridge was 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 clear. I don't think they had opened it to traffic yet because I think there's still some repairs that need to be made. But they had taken down the barricades, right? It seemed as though everybody was moving forward in a direction where we could de-escalate things and maybe try to get back to business as normal down there. And what happened though is that Iron Eyes and you know a few dozen other yahoos went and camped out on private land and they all got arrested and law enforcement put the barricades back up because I think what everybody's afraid of is that if they don't keep those barricades in place, then the protesters are going to use that bridge to go up and continue attacking private land, attacking the construction equipment. And, and that's just unacceptable because I don't care what side of the issue you're on. You don't just get to destroy other people's property or trespass on their property because of your political point of view. You just don't. Uh, but I, I want to congratulate Doug Burgum. He's, I think he's really doing a good job. I, I think he's taking a fresh approach to relations with the tribe. I think that's paying off. Uh, although in defense of Governor D- uh, Jack Dalrymple, I, I think that there's also some shifting attitudes uh, among the tribal community that has made those sort of relations a little bit easier. I mean, certainly here from Cannonball, where they're a little fed up with the protesters, I think that's kind of moved the tribe a little bit to say, hey, uh, you know, we, we're going to be neighbors with North Dakota going forward, no matter what, we better start figuring out some ways to get along. I think that's made Doug Burgum's job a little bit easier, which isn't to diminish his efforts. I think he's doing a great job. 701-293-9000, Karen's got a question. Go ahead, Karen. Are you there, Karen? Yes, I'm right here. Uh, it's a compliment. I was so pleased to see WDAY showing the bulldozing of much of the protest site area, and then I found out that Standing Rock had arranged that. Yeah, uh, the I, I believe the bulldozers were working, uh, their contractors, I, I believe, 
the reports that I read were hired by the by the Sioux tribe, by Standing Rock, um, you know, as, as part of their efforts to, to clean up the area. Uh, because, listen, and it's I mean, it, it is actually it's a, it's a little frustrating because if you look at some of those pictures, there's a lot of trash. I mean, there's a lot of crap, cars, sleeping bags, tents, you know, sort of half built shanties that were just left there by these supposed environmentalists. Uh, we're just left in a flood zone for somebody else to clean up. Uh, you know, that was entirely irresponsible. I'm glad it's being, you know, cleaned up now. Uh, I, I think I think Chairman Archambault, even even at the heights, you know, when we had thousands of people out there, he was giving some interviews saying how concerned he was at, at the way that the land was being treated. And I think I think the tribe hiring those contractors and working to clean it up is a manifestation of his concerns uh, about you know the, the treatment of that land, but I—that's something that's worthy of some scrutiny—is how those you know so-called environmental activists treated that land out there because they didn't treat it very well. All right, more to come straight ahead. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com or email me or uh, tweet me at Rob Port. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Report here on WDAY 701-293-9000. Email talk at WDAY.com. Until I think we got some good bump music because it seems like every week I've got multiple people asking me, what was that song you played? Or that was oh, an oh, awesome song. Yeah. We were on top of it. I had I had somebody uh somebody last night tweeting me uh the song we went out to yesterday, and it was actually it was the Avit Brothers, Paranoia in B Major. Uh, it's a good song. Um, oh, that's right. I was trying to remember because I couldn't remember if it was that one or if I went out I actually with, had to go uh, back and listen to the podcast because I couldn't remember which one it was. I couldn't I remember if it was that or Eleanor Rigby because I think I used Eleanor Rigby toward I, the end of the show, too. I, th- I think we came in to, with Eleanor and then we went out the uh, last okay. segment with okay. Paranoia. It was it. Yeah. Um, I, picked the, I picked the music. I'm pretty happy with it. I don't know what Nateel's opinion of it is, but it's music that I like. I mean, this is music that I actually listen to. It's more eclectic than I thought it was going to be, honestly. Yeah. Because we'd, we'd been using a, a radio station type thing, I guess, that I'd pulled a whole bunch of sort of bluesy garage rock from. And then you Which pulled... was pretty good. Yeah. I liked that. There were, there were a lot of like the white stripes and things like that in there. And you've, you've still got some of the white stripes, the black keys, those sorts of things on, yeah. on this particular list. But there's also a lot of ska. More ska yeah. than I thought there would be. I am, Not that ska uh, I, is bad. I love ska. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a 90s kid, so <laughs> what are you going to do? I, I, you know, it's what I actually listen to, and I'm kind of a weird dude, so whatever. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened at Berkeley yesterday. Uh, and I, I actually, because I, I, I mentioned it, I was writing my, my Sunday newspaper column. Uh, which I got to tell you, as a, as a blogger, that has been a big struggle since I have moved to, to forum communications is writing for, for print, where I've got to write ahead of time things that I think will be topical a few days from now, uh, is has, has been a challenge for me. Uh, I'm used to the immediacy of, of writing for an online medium, where 
you know, most of the time I'm writing, you know, to, to put things up live. And so writing ahead of time has been a struggle for me. But anyway, I was writing my I was writing my newspaper column earlier today and I mentioned what happened at Berkeley last night. Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever his name. Breitbart editor. Uh, Pro-Trump guy. Absolutely a provocateur. Was at the University of Berkeley yesterday. And it resulted in riots. Berkeley, by the way, being the home of the, the free speech movement from another generation. Uh, responded to his event, which was hosted by the college Republicans, uh, and ultimately upheld. I mean, uh, there had been a petition, I think, to ban him from speaking on campus. And the university administration, you know, basically said, no, our our commitment to free speech means even speech we disagree with. Um, So he was set to speak, and, and protesters rioted. They set fires, they threw bricks, they vandalized student buildings. Um, hundreds of them, there were, I, I think, at least a half dozen people injured. And it, it it frustrates me because we're in a situation right now where uh, America could, could, we could use a de-escalation. We could use some cooler heads saying, we're going to oppose, you know, we're going to promote our point of view. But we're going to do so rationally because it it seems like right now we've got, on one hand, Donald Trump. And I'm going to have Trump supporter Kevin Kramer on in the next segment. And I'm going to push him on some of these issues. I'm going to push him on some of these issues with with Trump getting into a food fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know why the president of the United States is doing these things. I guess we do know because the president of the United States is Donald Trump. I guess that's why. But I'm going to push him on that. But on the other side, if anybody is is needful of a of a loyal rational opposition it's donald trump and we're not getting that from the left the left is falling just flat on their faces when it comes to this they are so wrapped up in describing trump and his administration unfairly as white nationalists i hear people just sort of glibly throwing that pejorative out uh, there, I mean, we've, we've seen violence. We saw violence on election day. We saw violence on inauguration day. We see violence when pro Trump people try to speak on college campuses around the country. These are real things that are happening and they're, 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 they're frightening because I am worried about any political movement that has become so certain of their moral rightness that they feel justified in violence and and shutting up other people with violence I, I that is something to be to be concerned about i remember i was a part of the the tea party movement here in north dakota and i remember being and in the early days of it before it got co-opted and became a lot of other stuff that I know, i'm not sure what it was ever intended to be but anyway i helped organize rallies around the state and i remember newspaper editorials and national media coverage and the tea partiers were extremists and secessionists and you know we were guilty of 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 all this this dark ominous rhetoric and and we even even to the point where democrats blamed the shooting of congresswoman gabby giffords in tucson arizona on tea party rhetoric and i remember thinking like like the tea party nobody rioted at a tea party rally nobody was breaking out windows right nobody was getting beat up at tea party rallies 
I mean, they, they, those weren't, they weren't violent. And yet, you know, today under Trump, we have a literal secessionist movement going on in California. We have Democrats refusing to go to committee hearings on Trump appointees. We have multiple real riots, violence going on around the country. You got celebrities. Jetta Patel was on Twitter, you know, Hollywood guy, was on Twitter saying basically, uh, you know, get used to it. You know, he was basically he was condoning the violence at Berkeley. How is this stuff okay? It's not okay. It's not okay. And I, I, I worry because I think Trump could be a better sort of president to the point that he's capable of being a good president. I think he'd be a better sort of president if we were seeing a better sort of opposition from the Democrats. But it said the Democrats seem intent on sinking to Trump's level and lower. And that's unfortunate. Uh, let's see. Kyle asks, uh, talk about Trump's tweet to take away federal funding if they don't allow speakers like that. I think that's fair. I, I think if the federal government wants to to ensure that campuses are are allowing free speech, because it's a problem on campuses, I, I don't see a problem in using federal funding as a uh, as leverage for that. Uh, Michelle messages, uh, speaking of your bumper music, love Chelsea Dagger. It has been the Fighting Sioux goal song forever. Uh, the Blackhawks also use it. I knew I liked you, Rob Port. Go Sue. Thanks, Michelle. Um, I just like that song. It's just kind of cool. I don't know. I, the, the bump music, though, is provide, uh, proving uh, more popular than I expected. Certainly so. Uh, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Congressman Kevin Kramer. Coming up next. Here on the Rob Report on WDAY, don't go away. Country skyline brings an urban lullaby that still rings true. When I passed you on the street that day, should have let that red scarf fly away like any chance I had of keeping you. Well, I found her out in Baltimore. She never tried to show me the door. She said, Stay. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Joining me now, U.S. Congressman Kevin Kramer. Kevin, thanks for your time. Thanks for the opportunity, as always, Rob. You know, I, I should announce, starting uh, later this month, February 15th, every Wednesday, uh, barring any scheduling conflicts, <laughs> uh, we're going to have Congressman Kramer on the show for uh, about about a half hour. Uh, taking your calls, taking your comments, questions. Uh, you, he does this with a number of other uh, radio shows in the region. He, it's uh, Talk Radio Town Hall, I guess we'll call it. Uh, so if you have, you know, you'll every Wednesday, uh, and if you want to send me ahead of time stuff, you know, if you can't call in, if you have stuff that you want uh, on your mind that you'd like the congressman to address, uh, we can do that. But we're gonna we're gonna make him available on this show. Uh, you can call in, you can beat him up, you can tell him he's doing a good job, whatever you want to do. Yeah, well, the former happens more often than the latter, but that's okay. I like that. You, you know, I have to say, Rob, first of all, thanks for for, for doing that and accommodating that, because it, it really is um, it's valuable for me, and hopefully it's it's useful for your listeners. Um, but as soon as I'm done with this show, of course, I think we're going to get called to vote here before that, but, but when the show's over, when I'm done with you, I'm 
doing an interview, a sit-down interview with a reporter from Politico who heard about all of this radio stuff I do, and they wanted to do a story specifically on how I use talk radio to stay in touch. And, and a lot of members use various mediums, including, you know, the, the Internet, of course, and, and uh, online stuff, digital stuff. And the thing about radio that I like is, first of all, I like, you know, the, the person-to-person, um, you know, audio. But I also like um, the discipline of it, you know, the, the if this half hour is designated for this moment, you know, for this purpose, and uh, I, it's hard for me to get out of it as well as others can expect it. So it's, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, well, I, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of uh, people calling in and asking questions, Matt's got a question for the congressman. So let's go right to it. Matt, what's up? Hey, Matt. Yeah, I have a question for Kramer with, uh, I guess, in regards to his relationship relationship with uh, President Trump. Um, is it difficult? to wash spray tan off your lips and chin, or that's coming to you? All right, let's, let's cut off Matt. I, I don't know what that, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Let me say a couple of, I mean, I didn't okay. get it all myself, but it was, it was obviously sarcastic. But I would say this about my relationship with the president. Um, I endorsed him earlier, as you know, than, than just about everybody as uh, the seventh member of Congress to endorse him prior to his earning the, the endorsement. Although it was obviously clear to me that he was going to get the endorsement, it was quite clear to me that he was probably going to win this election, because not just because he had a way of speaking directly to the people that, that resonated with them, but also because he was running against a candidate who had no inclination to visit with real people and uh, and no relationship whatsoever to them and is it, it is ironic that a that a billionaire from Manhattan uh, brought the working working Americans back to the uh, Republican party and but but the value of that relationship Rob is really I can't overstate um, we are having things happening you know as we speak that that are beneficial to North Dakota largely as a result of of that relationship and so um, you know I I don't apologize for it let me uh, let me ask you about that because something you know obviously we got news from the Trump administration where he issued some orders regarding the Keystone and Dakota Access pipelines, and then we got news from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers that they were proceeding with with a review of the easement. You tweeted out that it was approved, but later the and and, and Senator Hoven, you know, office essentially right. said the same thing. Uh, and and then later the the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers came out with a clarification saying that they had not issued the easement that they were considering it. Can you can you clear some of that up for us? Because I mean you're I mean you were you were out there saying yeah. approved, you know, yeah. and, well, and I, I think I think yeah. I think some and, people were saying and, and, you got a little ahead of yourself. I would stand by that, Rob. To be honest with you, I, I realize, and we, I think we all understand that that. The, the the bureaucracy and especially the military bureaucracy, which is the Corps of Engineers, is part of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, obviously, and um, and that right now absent uh, lay leadership, that is to say, civilian leadership uh, other than the, the Secretary of Defense, um, there's really nobody to make a decision. That, that the all the political appointees at this point are acting, and they're they're, they're acting in the capacity of their their career bureaucrats, um, civil servants, and they have. They nuance everything. They, they, in fact, it paralyzes them from making decisions largely. But all of that said, they, they nuance every word to avoid, you know, a lawsuit or what, you know, getting ahead of their boss. Um, um, I don't. I'm not constrained by that. Uh, it, it's not a discipline. It's just. It's a tragic paralysis of the bureaucracy. But um, that said, I'm confident <laughs> that it's imminent. And um, again, I would be shocked if it's not done this week. All right, we've got a uh, another caller, John, who has a comment. Go ahead, John. Hey, John. Good afternoon, Congressman. Uh, 
Dakota being a uh, pro-gun state, when mm-hmm. are some of you guys in Congress going to get together with Donald and uh, really push a drive for this national reciprocity? Yeah. Reciprocity, thank you. Yeah. Because you know, I'll tell you, I'm, I, you know, I have a North Dakota Class 1. Mm-hmm. And I'm a range safety officer, and it and it's very annoying oh. to those of us who actually you know do things by the law. They have to deal with this patchwork system we've sure. got in this country. You know, sure. because as a class one driver, I don't have that problem going across state lines with my commercial truck with my hazmat endorsement. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, right. Thanks. Good, good question, John. We, we're actually passing a resolution today um, that that rolls back a, uh, a regulation that the. That the Trump or that the Obama administration issued late last year, relating to uh, adding to the registry um, arbitrarily, I might add, uh, certain Social Security recipients. In other words, making them ineligible to get a gun just because of certain, you know, certain things that don't that don't meet any reasonable criteria or due process. Most importantly, they just if they meet a certain criteria of Social Security recipient, they're going to put them on the uh, you know no gun list, and it's just it's a gross violation. To John's point, he's talking specifically, Rob, about reciprocity for concealed carry permits, and it, this is a tricky one for a lot of people because, of course, as Republicans, we believe strongly in the Tenth Amendment and we believe strongly in states' rights and and we believe uh, you know in local control. However. The Second Amendment is to the United States Constitution, and it is it gives uh, the right to bear arms and to not be infringed upon. And and so we just think that, uh, to John's point, that the, a patchwork doesn't make much sense. So um, his question specifically was when are we going to get together with Trump and fix it, and um, it, it's certainly among the priorities. Well, let me let me ask a follow-up on that, because on, on one hand, I mean, I, I get the patchwork. Right. Uh, argument. I mean, it's it's tough going from state to state. I mean, in North Dakota, in, in America, we're we're allowed to just you know travel freely from state to state. Right. But you cross you know one of those invisible lines, and all of a sudden, how you carry your weapon can be very very different. And so, how do you implement like so, sort of a national reciprocity without putting us in danger of? Or because if we do it under Trump, uh, you know maybe gun owners will be happy with it. But let's say we elect, you know, Hillary Clinton runs again, and we have her as the next president, and she decides she wants it another way, and she could. I mean, are we in peril of? of yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to put, uh, you know, North Dakota's sovereignty under under gun laws and our ability to protect gun rights in our state at risk to the the turnover in Congress or or the White House. No, it's a great question, but this is why it has to be a legislative. It has to be a law. It has to be codified, and, and the codification is not just that you have reciprocity, but this the, these are the standards for the reciprocity. And so you're right; it's not as simple as just we could pick North Dakota and say, okay, we're going to use North Dakota's law and make that the national law or something like that. It, it, it's right. probably a bit more complicated than that, Rob. So, so, but you're right. We always have to be careful not to give a bureaucracy, you know, for a short term power that they shouldn't have. But that's that's why it's got to be a legislative and not a not a rulemaking sure. or. or a, you know, an executive regulation, and then at the end of the day, remember that the Constitution of the United States is the overriding authority on all of this, and uh, and that mean that that points to why this Supreme Court nominee is so darn important as we uh, and and, pra- and perhaps other Supreme Court nominees and the entire judiciary for that matter. We got another caller. Uh, Bob's got a question. Uh, go ahead, Bob. Thanks, uh, Kevin. I wanted to ask you about uh, Betsy DeVos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for decades. We've been wanting reforms in the education system, and this is the greatest beacon of light I've seen. And now I'm worried that she is going to be overthrown, and um, I'm just wondering, could we get any reassurance from you? And 
the other real quick question was, is Donald going to be uh, appointing czars and all? <laughs> yeah, thanks. In fact, I was going to check on the czars. Thank you for bringing I'm going to check on the czar thing because um, I don't even know that Obama had all the czars by the end. I think that that was a that was a move that kind of I think faded a little bit. But I want to check on the czars thing. I, no, I hope Donald Trump does not have czars. <laughs> we'll, we'll be strongly opposed to that. With regard to Betsy DeVos, it's an interesting question because I don't I've, I haven't taken a tally and, I, and paid much attention to the Senate and how they're lining up in terms of her confirmation. But um, I'm with you. I think she's a beacon of light. People have been critical that she doesn't come from education, which is the problem with education. Uh, you know, it, it was the bureaucracy and and. Uh, and that gave us uh, these this crazy common core standards, a one size fits all, uh, you know, edict, uh, and, and it's not getting much better from what I can tell. So, um, Betsy DeVos is pro, you know, she's pro, um, uh, you know, school choice. She's she wants to put competition in the marketplace, and of course that frightens the frightens the unions to no end. Um, uh, the best thing I can tell you is, that, you know, is call your senators and make sure that they're going to support her because. Um, you know, she. I, I agree. She she carries the local control, uh, parental control. I might add. Uh, by the way, her and her family have donated millions and millions of dollars to to education over the years. So she's got a heart for it as well. She may not have all the technical expertise of uh, you know an egghead, but she's she's definitely the person for the job. Kevin and I, I know we we kind of belabored this issue during you know, and it's you know Trump's style and his approach mm-hmm. to everything, but. Are you? I mean, we we, had, we heard some of these reports about his his conversations with foreign leaders, uh, the Mexican government, the Australian uh, prime minister, and, and at least some of that has come out to turn out to be not accurately reported. I, I think there was a report that that we were going to send troops into Mexico, which turned out to be disputed by by both the Trump administration and and the Mexican government. But we also have, have Trump. He you now he's in a. He's in a war of words with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who took over with him on The Apprentice. Is this stuff going to be a distraction? I mean, does this does this worry you at all? It, it doesn't. It used to worry me more, um, you know, during the campaign stuff. Until I, I, I once again, I observed him enough to see that. First of all, he doesn't make a lot of. It, 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 a lot of it seems spontaneous. I'm, I'm convinced a lot of it's quite tactical and strategic. Uh, and, and you're right. Well, oftentimes, the initial reports of things that he has said, when you start digging into them further and get, putting them in the context that, that they were put in, that they should be, it's never as bad as it sounds. And um, and oftentimes, it has a very good outcome. With regard to, I mean, some of this stuff is petty. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, give me a break. He, he made a comment about him today at the... Uh, National Prayer Breakfast. I was there, and because Mark Burnett introduced him, the producer, really the creator of The Apprentice, and a very well-known holiday Hollywood personality, and um, and he talked about you know Arnold Schwarzenegger made a little poke at him, but then finished his point up by saying. Now we all should be. We let's all be praying for Arnold. We should be. We should all be in prayer for for Arnold. And and then sort of smiled. It was it was lighthearted. But you see, our our media, the the very cynical national media. Who, by the way, I am amused every day by them. Every day, because I could literally tell them face to face and show them with empirical data that they are failing and every time they act stupidly they lose viewers and readers and that the alternative media uh, is is gaining on them and that donald trump is becoming the winner every single day and they their arrogance wouldn't allow them to understand that and they would just do one more stupid overreaching thing the next day and uh, so i find it all rather amusing to, to be honest with you but I, I don't worry about it 
Rob, because it is who he is. He's he's actually tamed it down a fair bit since he became president, and that might seem difficult to to believe. But I, you have to also remember that part of his rhetoric is is the America First thing, and and that that violates sort of the the traditional protocols of international diplomacy. And this is exactly why people love him. Well, Kevin, we're out of time. Thanks, uh, thanks for your time. And, yeah, it does. We'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, again. Sounds like on Wednesday the fifteenth. So not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. Everybody, tune in if you ever got comments, questions for the congressman. That'll be the time to do it. Kevin, thanks. Thanks, Rob. Look forward to it. More straight ahead on the Rob Report here on WDAY seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight eight nine seven zero nine three two nine. We'll wrap things up next. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report. Jay Thomas Show is coming up next. He's going to have uh, North Dakota Farm Bureau President Daryl Lees on. Uh, Daryl's going to talk about some of the ongoing impacts of the protests on uh, the area down there in south central North Dakota, Morton County. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, we got a few minutes left on this show. And, uh, you know, listen, people calling for, for moderating, you know, political comment is, is, is nothing new, but I think when we reach a point where we literally have violence, repeated acts of, of political violence happening around the country, the time has come to maybe rein it in. Uh, listen, Trump's the president of the United States, and I am all for everybody who's got an opinion on, on, this, on the things that he's doing, having at it. Express your point of view, engage lawfully in the, in the political process to oppose him, but stop blocking highways. Stop doing illegal things. And, and the more extreme factions, stop committing acts of violence. You're not helping your cause. If anything, you're just proving Trump right, which, which again, I, I think is a point the congressman made in the last segment about the media. You know, every time, uh, you know, and, and I'm watching all these reporters on social media and they're, they're you know, tweeting, uh, uh, you know, stories about how Trump did this and, and what an idiot and, boy, he's stupid. And it's. Uh, listen, if it's if it's valid criticism of his policies or rebuttals to things that he said, fine. But if we're gonna hang him up on you know something petty, you know, I I, I think he used the wrong. He was talking about Frederick Douglass, and uh, he was listing a whole bunch of of black leaders, and I, I think he flubbed in the way he was talking. And he was talking about Frederick Douglass in the present tense. Obviously, Frederick Douglass was a Civil War era leader, one of the first Republicans in the nation, as it as it happens, but. Hitting him on that is just petty. And when you act petty towards Trump, you undermine your credibility to, to criticize him. All right? Trump has said the media is the opposition party. The media shouldn't set out to prove him right. Jay Thomas coming up next. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.